Welcome to the Reading for Success podcast brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on customer success and leadership books, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, my name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League, a boutique customer success consulting and training firm based in San Francisco. Today, I'm joined by the author of our recent book, The Forever Transaction, Robbie Kelman-Baxter. Robbie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kristen. So tell me, who was your intended audience for this book? My intended audience for this book is subscription practitioners or wannabe subscription practitioners. So anybody who's trying to build a long-term formal relationship with their customers. And you know, I've found over the years that it's increasingly a broad group of people, you know, from, from the ones who are designing the business model to the ones that are executing and operationalizing the ideas of the entrepreneur. But it's, it's really designed for everyone. And the idea is to help them put all the pieces together. So a lot of people just start by saying, hey, we want subscription revenue or we want to optimize lifetime customer value. And they don't necessarily realize what that means for the product, what that means for, you know, the marketing, what that means for sales. And of course, what that means for after the moment of sale, which I always call the starting line, not the finish line, Mm -hmm. when customer success really gets engaged. Okay. And as you were starting to get feedback on your book, was there any audience that sort of surfaced that you really weren't expecting? Solopreneurs. Oh, okay. That was a big surprise. That's interesting. That surprises me too, actually. <laughs> uh, what what were they asking about? Same thing. They want to build long-term relationships with their clients. Okay. And a lot of thought leaders, subject matter experts, small company owners, you know, restaurants, um, okay. accounting firms, they want to change their model so that it's less transactional and more ongoing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense when you describe it that way. Actually, I was thinking about a lot of the topics you brought up in your book for even our business, um, which is you know pretty small. And so that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought solopreneurs either. Cool. What are you hoping are the biggest takeaways for the readers? You know, as you were writing the book, what were you thinking you wanted them to see? Well, so this is my second book. I wrote uh, The Membership Economy. It came out about seven years ago, or I wrote it seven years ago. It came out in 2015. Yeah. And at that time, I was just trying to explain to people that if they focused on building a long-term relationship with the customer, they would get more profitable revenue, learn more about the customer, be able to build a more defensible business and enjoy higher uh, valuations in the public markets. Mm -hmm. And people weren't getting that. So it was really just me explaining, this is why this kind of approach is so valuable. I wrote The Forever Transaction five years later I no longer have to explain to anybody why it's valuable to have recurring revenue, why it's valuable to have loyal customers. But I think what people didn't understand was how the pieces fit together, that you can't just slap subscription pricing on your offering and assume that the people who join you are going to want to stay. Um, You actually need to design your product differently. You need to communicate differently. You need to support them differently. And that's really what I want people to take away is if they're strategists or investors, I want them to understand the big picture 
And if they play a specific role, whether they're in marketing or customer success or product development, that they understand why their piece is different than the way they've done it in the past and how that fits into the bigger model, that it's not just the flavor of the month that, you know, leadership wants us to do. It actually has a logic behind it. Yeah. I mean, it really is kind of a whole company transformation, I think, if you're doing it right. And that's how you present it in the book. And I think one of the things I really liked about your book is that you really do talk about it in terms of change management and you know, pulling off a transformation across your whole organization rather than it being just one department focusing on making this single change. Along with that, was there anybody that was kind of an inspiration for you for the change management parts of the book? I'm so glad you're bringing this up because when I was writing The Forever Transaction, you know, I consider myself an expert on subscription models, Mm -hmm. membership models, business model design. That's kind of where I I grew up in strategy and product management, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a change management person. I realized when I was writing this book that I'm becoming one and that a huge part of the forever transaction content was really about change management and really about, so you have this idea, you have this vision. So part one, right, talks about how do you come up with your your minimum viable product? How do you come up Mm -hmm. with product market fit? How do you take care of your first few customers? And then part two, scale is all about change management. How Mm -hmm. do you scale it up? How do you make sure the whole organization understands what kind of culture do you create? What kind of metrics do you create? How do you motivate people? I've read, you know, lots of business books over the years. And I I kind of ended up going back to like my operations classes and my, you know, OB, my organizational behavior classes from business school and, you know, taking another look at that stuff and trying to think about, am I describing it in the same way or is there something different? when subscription is a piece. Yeah, I mean, I loved that you were taking the view of how do you transform your organization into one that has a forever transaction (laughs) happening with the clients. But for a lot of the models that you present, like how do you pick the right people for different stages of your project? Or you know, how do you make sure your leadership team is on board with this project? Those are things that you could, if you just pulled this particular project out and you substituted Mm -hmm. a different project, would still work really well. And I love that because I think that that's something that the leaders in our field sometimes really struggle with is how do you drive change inside the organization? So Yeah, yeah. It's very hard. The reason that I wrote the book this way is because those were the issues I was seeing with my clients that, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a good model. But, you know, I remember with one company, a big media company in in the UK, and I remember they asked me to go give a talk to kind of, it was like an all hands lunch meeting. And somebody said to me, well, I just came because I'm interested in the flavor du jour of what leadership is interested in this month. I just keep doing my job and I kind of ignore them, but it's always fun to hear. And I realized that for her, who's been there at this company for, you know, 11 years, she sort of felt like, you know, the waves of, you know, strategy and, you know, new business ideas kind of just wash over you. But, you know, I'm in the call center and I'm going to keep taking calls and I'm going to keep trying to solve problems as they arise, but this doesn't affect me. Yeah. And that was very humbling to kind of realize like that people thought it didn't affect them and were cynical about whether this really required them to change how they did things. Mm -hmm. And so I really felt like the change management piece needed to be a part of the book. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And in the review that we just did a couple of weeks ago for the book, that was one of the things that I really highlighted. I think it's an amazing part of the book. And for the people who are out there who are listening, who haven't read it yet, that's a big takeaway. So it's, yes, you can think about how to help your organization transform into one that continues to serve customers over time in a membership style. Or you can also think about this is a great change management book. (laughs) So... Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I loved it (laughs) for that. You don't give yourself enough credit for being good at change management because your writing is excellent in that area. So this is more of an author question, but what were your favorite parts of the book to write? The most fun part of the book process for me is the interviews, right? I love talking to people and, you know, saying, oh, I want to do it. You know, I need a case study about whatever, you know, I'm in chapter seven. I don't have a good case study about you know, how to optimize your offering. Okay. Who can I ask? And so that part was really fun. I, I mean, I actually like all the parts. It was also fun, kind of the puzzle part to figure out what's the right structure of the book. That was the hardest okay. part. You know, it ended up being launch scale lead, kind uh-huh. of the progression of maturity. But there were lots of other ways I looked at it. And that was really fun to kind of think about how would you read this and who should read it. And That was also a really kind of fun part. And then at the end, something that I do with my writing, and I always encourage other authors to do, I always say, like, look at your book through different lenses. And one of them is look at your table of contents and say to yourself, does every chapter stand on its own? Because people don't always read front to back. And does every chapter title describe what's in it and entice the reader to maybe go there? Like, does every chapter on its own sound really juicy? And I think if you can do that, and if you can deliver the goods, of course, in that chapter, it's a really good test to see, does everything that's in this book need to be there? Because you really want to keep saying, I need to take the boring parts out. That was also a really helpful, helpful thing that somebody told me is if you're bored writing it, people will be (laughs) bored reading it. So a lot of times you feel like you need to start at the very beginning and be like, I'm going to share the basics. And nobody considers himself a beginner. Everybody assumes that they're kind of advanced placement or accelerated mm-hmm. and they skip that stuff anyway. So why not just not write it? Yeah, that's a that's a really good piece of advice for writers, <laughs> myself <laughs> included. What are you working on next? So right now I'm working on a course. So that's okay. been kind of my, my passion project. I, I think for the beginning of COVID, my passion project was a podcast, okay. uh, Subscription Stories. And that was okay. really fun and yeah. all-consuming. I like to have one big project at any point in time. And right now I'm working on a course, a masterclass for the professional that's working in this space, that's working on forever transactions. And so that's, you know, a lot of writing like Uh the books because you're, you know, writing scripts and kind of outlining, but you're also thinking about activities, you know, kind of what's the learn it kind of piece of it. And then also thinking about how do you make sure that people are going a level deeper than they could go with a book? Yeah, yeah. I did a class for Udemy last year and it was a serious labor of... It takes a lot to build a class. For a two-hour class, I think I probably easily put 120 to 160 hours into that creation of the class. It was a lot. And so, yeah, I... I hear you on how much work that is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like writing another book. It is, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about your masterclass that's coming out or the book, where's the best place for them to get in touch or look for you? Probably my website, uh, which is my name, RobbieKelmanBaxter.com. Okay, great. Thank you. 
Robbie, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with the listeners of Reading for Success. And thanks for your terrific book. I oh, it's really my... appreciate you joining me today. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pleasure. And you ask good questions that I haven't been asked before. So it's fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. If you're a regular listener, help us get the word out by taking a couple of minutes to subscribe, share Reading for Success with other customer success professionals, and rate the podcast. I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time. <laughs>